All right. Um, y'all continue to amaze me. Y'all continue to amaze me because we've been talking through this Be a Blessing series, and tonight is kind of the bow tie, kind of the finale on the whole journey with us. And so I'd say that because y'all continue to tell me different stories and ways that y'all have been trying to be a blessing. So come on up with me real quick. Come on. I know you're probably a little bit nervous because this is on the spot. All right. Y'all can all say hello. Tell me your name real quick. Go ahead. Come on. London. This is Miss London. All right. And Miss London uh, walked up to me a minute ago, correct? And you sent me a picture. And do we have that picture for us, Caleb? We can throw this up on the screen. All right. So uh, walk us through what we're seeing on the screen right here. I just made like these little goodie bags with like candy with Bible verses in them and like handed them out at school. That's amazing, right? Isn't that so cool? London put together on her own little candy bags. Who does not love candy, right? All right, did you bring all of us one? No, it's okay. We'll forgive you for this one because you're giving to people that actually big time who are in the world that need to hear the good news of the gospel, right? And you put a verse on it, blessing them. I think it's amazing. Just want to give you a big kudos, knuckle bumps, and your whole middle school ministry is proud of you too. So thank you all so much. Thank you, London, for sharing. That's so cool. So cool. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed the Be a Blessing series. It has been one of my favorites we've done. And um, it has been a blessing. That's right, man. Thanks so much. It's been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. Tonight, if you want to, you can open your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. That's where we're going to be. Acts chapter 20. Now, I, have y'all been enjoying getting kind of the sermon notes each week? Has that been helpful at all? Yeah? So we're going to keep doing that. But I want y'all to know something. I'm trying to put the Bible verse that we're reading on there as well because when I get up here to teach, man, I, I really am not just trying to shoot from the hip and speak from what Corey thinks. I genuinely want to say things that are directly built on the foundation of biblical truth. So I put the verse there, but I I just encourage you to bring your Bible because when you open up your Bible, you can mark it up. You can write all over some of those words there. You can highlight things. And you can also see some of the context that goes around the passage that we're looking at. So in Acts chapter 20, I'm going to read the verse for us. Acts 20, verse 24 Acts 20, verse 24. Y'all might have read about this earlier this season in, um, in y'all's fall life groups on Sunday mornings. Um, we did walk this passage for a little bit, but I hope that tonight you get a fresh perspective on this passage, okay? Acts 20, verse 24 says this, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. When I was in college, I memorized this verse, not in ESV, but I memorized in the NIV, and it says this, but I count my, or I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Little little difference in the, the wording, but the same meat and potatoes are in that same verse with us. And so I want to walk through that today. We're going to really break down a lot of Acts chapter 20 today through the lens of Acts chapter 20, verse 24. So let me pray for us one more time, 
And I'm going to jump in and walk through a couple, three big ideas for you guys tonight. Lord, would you bless us by allowing every one of us to be able to see the heart behind Acts chapter 20, and may we walk away with just clear transparency of what you want us to do and who you want us to be. I know there are students in this room tonight, Lord. This verse, this message, hopefully is going to change the trajectory of their entire life because they respond to what Paul's example and calling is to us in a way that they never have before. And so I pray that you would do that in this room tonight. We welcome you in to speak to us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul says, I consider or I do not account my life worth anything to me. It's not precious to me. It's not worth anything to me. First big idea, if you're writing down notes today, is this. Every Christian is called by God. Every Christian is called by God to this. Number one, submit their life to the Lord. To submit to the Lord. Every Christian is called by God to submit, or even you can put the word surrender if you want to, to surrender to the Lord. Paul says here in this spot, I consider my life worth nothing to me, nor is it valuable or precious to myself at all. And that does not mean that Paul doesn't value if he gets a meal today or if he sleeps on a nice bed tonight or if he has money in his back pocket. Like he's not saying he doesn't care about his life. What he's saying is that his life does not, out, does not outweigh or outmatch or outvalue what God is doing. And if anything that God is doing is going to cost him anything in his life, he says, my life is worth nothing to me. I'm all in for the Lord. Whatever it costs, I'm in. In this moment here, Paul is going to the city of Miletus. If that's not the right way to say it, then I'm sorry. I don't think Jesus is upstairs saying it's pronounced Miletus, Corey. Okay, he's cool with it, okay? Miletus. And the leaders that are about to meet with Paul in Acts chapter 20... They're leaders from the church of Ephesus. Ephesus and Miletus. Ephesus is about 36 miles away from the city of Miletus. That's a pretty big hike. They didn't have Teslas to get back and forth back in the day. They had the Donkey 3000, and that's what they could ride if they wanted to, or they could put on their Jordan 1s, okay? The for real one, 1 BC. That's what they could have put on, okay? They were hiking to get to Miletus. So these church leaders are going to see Paul at the city of Miletus, which is about 36 miles away. To give you a picture of that, I'll show you on the, on the map real quick. Can I show them a picture of that real quick? This is what the city of Miletus looks like. And then here is the map. If I were to trace from Bellevue Baptist Church all the way up I-40, down across through, what is this, Arlington, cutting across into Mason area, jumping all the way up to Brighton to my childhood home, from Bellevue, it's 37 miles, one mile more than from Miletus to Ephesus, okay? I'm just trying to paint a picture. You guys ever tried to walk from here to Brighton? Anybody ever tried that before? You have. Tell me about that, all right? Tell me, yeah. It's a, driving is 45 minutes by itself. Walking, I can't imagine, okay? I'm just letting you all know right now off the bat that it's a long hike. But these leaders cared about going to see Paul because they knew that this was their last chance ever 
to see Paul face to face again. They would never see him again. Could you imagine Paul getting on a boat and you're waving at him goodbye and you're saying, I will never see you again until I get to glory on the other side of heaven. Never gonna happen again. It's a big deal for them. And they show up to see Paul and where Paul, throughout the book of Acts, he gives eight different addresses or defenses for the faith to many people that are around him. The only time that he takes this pastoral shepherding role is this one time in the book of Acts that we know of when he talks to the leaders of the church of Ephesus and he pulls them in like his, his flock and he says, I have to tell you some news. And he talks about the past, he talks about the present, and he talks about the future. He is pouring his heart out to these guys, letting the leaders, these women and men, letting them know about the charge and the challenge he gives to them. In the middle of this, he talks and says, I'm in a hurry to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was like the heart of the early church where all the Christians were gathering at. And Paul's like, I gotta go there, man. We can meet in Miletus halfway between us and then I'm rolling and going to Jerusalem because in a couple days, the day of Pentecost is gonna happen. And some of y'all are like, that's a lot of church words. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. I can feel it already. I can feel it from you guys. You're like, day of Pentehu, you know? Yeah, Pentecost. Pentecost was what we see in Acts chapter two. Whenever the Lord fills his church for the first time with the Holy Spirit, they're waiting there. Jesus ascended for 40 days. They're chilling around waiting. And then all of a sudden the Lord pours out his spirit on the early church and every one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church, see, well, there we go. And he's like, praise God, right? That's where he goes. Thank you. All right, you can sit down, Kravitz. Thank you. That's enough. You're not running up and down the aisles again, all right? And I'm telling you, they were pumped. And this was happening years before this spot with Paul. But Paul's like, I want to go back to Jerusalem. I want to be in the city for the day of Pentecost. But here's what you don't realize. Is last time this man was in Jerusalem, they were trying to arrest him. You see, what Paul says is that in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, he says, the Holy Spirit has constrained me, has compelled me, has bound me up and says, I must go to Jerusalem. And he says, I don't know what's gonna happen, but he says in verse 23, the only thing that I know in Acts 20, 23, the only thing I know is that prison and afflictions are awaiting me there. I will be going to prison and I will be afflicted if I go to Jerusalem. And he says, Acts 20, verse 24, but I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus gave me. I'm all in. Paul says, my life doesn't mean anything to me. I'm surrendered to the Lord. And if he calls me to Jerusalem where it's gonna cost me everything, I'm cool with it because I'm following my Jesus. Does that make sense? Y'all with me there? Sorry for getting so passionate. I just believe in it and it's good. I love to see what Paul's doing there and I want to imitate that in my same life. Paul said, it doesn't matter what following Jesus is going to cost me. My life is worth nothing to me. I'm all in. I'm following him. If you want to not, I don't have time to go into it today, but you can see in your passage, on your, on your little piece of paper, a passage that says Philippians chapter four, is that right, or three? Philippians three, verses three through 11. And if you want to check it out at some other point, you can, you can read it. 
just look at it if you want more study on this. It talks about what, what Paul has left behind for the sake of just knowing Jesus Christ and following him. It is rich, so good. I wish I had time to go for it, but I don't have time today. I tell you all that because here's the deal. Paul was all in with Jesus. And here's what I wanna show you guys today. Oftentimes when someone gets saved, if this is my old life right here, and actually I'm gonna swap them around. If this is my old life right here, and this is my new life in Christ, whenever I get saved, whenever I got saved when I was seven years old, you know what was easy for me? I was, it was easy for me to say, all right, Lord, here's my sin. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna put it in the bowl and it's done. You can have it. I'm through. I've surrendered. You can have it. And for some of you, it may have been in the same exact boat as when you got saved when you were younger or maybe a year ago or maybe a few weeks ago, Kate, whatever it was, you said, Lord, my sin, I'm giving it to you. And maybe with that, you put in there, hey, my lust, I'm giving to you. Or maybe you said, my gossip, yes, I'm giving that to you because I'm done with it. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm all in. And so then you tell the Lord, all right, Lord, I'm ready to take up my cross and I pick up that boy and I'm ready to follow you. And the Lord's like, well, what is that still in your hand though? You're like, what? What are you talking about? You're like, well, oh, this? Well, this is, this is my career. I mean, I have, I'm gonna be the best lawyer that Memphis has ever seen. It's gonna happen. Silencio, por favor. I'm gonna be the best accountant, teacher, banker. Shh, now's not a time for laughs and jokes, please. And the Lord says, if you wanna follow me, I'm telling you, you don't need to pick out your career. I got something for you already picked out. All right, Lord, I'll give you that. What is that, man? My popularity, man, I'm trying to be cool in school. And he's like, man, I know you're trying to be cool in school, but I'm telling you right now, hey, it's not funny, Jack. It's real, man. Because some of y'all are really in this boat. If I was y'all, when I was in middle school, I was in the same exact boat. Giving up my popularity of being cool was something I was struggling with big time in eighth grade. So much so that I thought I wasn't a Christian because I wasn't willing to lay it down for the Lord, which is wrong. I'm in the conflict, I'm in the battle. I'm, I'm a believer, I'm battling that. But the Lord was saying, Give this up. Take your Bible to school. Sit with the person who doesn't have a friend. Man, share the gospel with people at your school, even though it makes you look different than everyone else. All right, Lord, I'll do it. Fine, I'll give it up. I have a lot of wants. I'm gonna take up my cross and follow you, Lord, but man, I'm, I need you to make sure that this happens in my life. And the Lord is calling you to give up. Maybe it's on a Wednesday night, you show up and it's your, your money and you say, I brought this to buy me a soda and a snack. And you get to the, to the stop, like the little cafe stop over here and you say, man, I got a friend with me that also wants to get a soda. Maybe I'll just forego the soda tonight and just get myself a snack and get them a soda. That's giving up your money for the people around you, right? Another one right here, my rights. It's my right that people should be kind to me and nice to me. And that for Paul, it's my right that when I go to Jerusalem, I should be able to walk and do my own thing without going to prison or being afflicted or all these things. But I don't care if I lose my rights. If that happens to me, I'm all in. It doesn't matter. Or maybe 
in the middle of it all, you can have your passions, your friends, maybe it's your family, and the Lord is saying, I just want you to give it all to me. Give it all to me. Too often, guys, in life, we've taken up our cross to follow Jesus, but we've put our hand in the bowl and we've taken a couple of these with us. And for Paul, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. I'm all in. I don't have a handful of these things that I'm trying to carry on top of the cross with me. I'm leaving these things behind. And I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what it costs me, no matter what it takes, I'm all in with him. Let me ask you the question. Right now in this season of middle school, can you repeat what Paul says by saying, I consider my life worth nothing to me? I consider my life worth nothing to me? Have you counted up the cost of what it looks like to follow Jesus? What is it that is still in your hands, sixth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader? What's still in your hand that you're saying, I'll follow you, Lord, but I'm not sure I can let go of the grip on this one. I need you to do this one for me. When the Lord's saying, if you'll just surrender your plans, I promise, and follow me, I promise I have something so much better for you. I'm challenging you based off what we see in Paul's example as a middle school ministry and myself included. Have you got something in your life that you have yet to submit or to surrender to the Lord because today is the day where you can do so? And can I just give you an extra bonus? This isn't part of the message or anything like that. Sometimes you can put those things to rest. It's like a big bully that's in your life and you have taken care of it. You've taken it out in the backyard. This monster in your life has been taken care of. You put it in the backyard and you bury it and there's a tombstone. I remember on October the 4th, 2023, I put that thing to rest and it is done. And you can be doing great on your Wednesday and it's buried in the backyard, but on Thursday, this thing becomes zombified and it puts a finger up out of the ground again and you have to go back out there and take care of business again. It's gonna happen. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't have to keep fighting and battling these temptations. I'm begging you guys though, when you put these things to rest, when you say, I'm done, I'm following Jesus, the temptation to go back and get it again is gonna be there, but stand your ground. Stay in the fight and say, I'm going to choose not to pick these things up. I'm only going to pick up the cross and follow Jesus because I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord just gave me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's where I'm going. Second thing is this. Not only are you called to submit to the Lord or surrender to the Lord, second thing is this. You've been called by God to stay the course, to stay the course. Paul says in this passage, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me, or I, I do not account my life to be worth of anything, value precious at all, if only, meaning his, his number one target, if only I may finish the course, or finish my course. 
Paul is referring to his life, his past, present, and future. All that has been mapped out by the Lord already. He compares it to a course here, but he also refers to it as an actual race in other passages in the New Testament. Here's the reality. The Lord has mapped out the best next step for every one of us, including Paul. You see, Paul got saved after he went through the road to Damascus. He went to meet Ananias. He got saved when he was talking with Ananias. He started learning and growing in his word, but then also he was persecuted. He was kicked out of Jerusalem. We learned last week from Jake that when Paul and Silas went to Philippi, these cats got beaten in the middle of the street and thrown in prison. Now he's on the way to Miletus. He's at Miletus now. He sees his leaders from Ephesus, knowing I will never see their faces ever again until I get to eternity. And now he's about to go to Jerusalem. And he's about to be put in prison. He's about to be beaten in front of the crowds. And then eventually from there, he will go to Rome, where he'll eventually die for the sake of the gospel. And Paul knows that God has a plan for him despite all these obstacles. The obstacles are a part of the plan for Paul to advance the gospel to the nations. It's a beautiful, amazing picture, but I'm telling you, the only way that Paul does this is if he's all in with Jesus. And so Paul here has got a map that the Lord has already laid out for him, and he's saying, come and follow me. The challenge with all of us today, you're right here, right here. The challenge for all of us is this, is that the Lord doesn't typically give us the big map. Can we put that picture of the map back on the screen real quick, the one we had earlier? No, the other one. This one right here. The Lord doesn't show us, hey, here's middle school, and here's high school, and here's college, and then here's beyond, and that's the roadmap of your whole life, and I've already got it figured out, and so I just want to let you know that whenever you get to this spot, like in middle school, I'm going to give you this whole map, and you're going to have it all figured out. Don't worry about it. Does the Lord do that for you guys? He doesn't do it for me. No? Yeah. The Lord never gives us the full scope of the map. He tells us the destination, which is eternity with him, but the roadmap to get there is not always as clear and cut as we see like a Google Maps version right here. That doesn't happen. It doesn't tell you, just letting you know, when you get done with your eighth grade year, there's going to be a chicken salad chick right here on the way. And if you want to take a detour, you can go down to Crumble Cookie and stop by Bass Pro if you like. He doesn't give you the roadmap in middle school and high school and college like that. It doesn't happen. What typically happens, and I'll show you a picture right here, is this. We'll go to the next one for us, Caleb. Thank you, bro. Normally, the Lord will give you these little roadmaps of what's to come for the next sign or the next turn or the next step. Tomorrow, I'm taking a trip to Alabama with some friends. I'm going to play um, golf at a place called Muscle Shoals, and I'm driving three hours in the morning to go to this tournament to play in. I'm super excited about it. It'll be a lot of fun. I would not need to see the whole map when I, when I leave Bellevue Baptist Church tomorrow, right? That doesn't benefit me. You know why? Because I can't handle all that information. And number two, I am very dependent on Siri giving me the next turn left and right. She'd be spitting some orders out to me. Turn left now, you turn, you're a bad driver, all these things, you know? She's letting me know, okay? And the Lord for us is the exact same way. He's not gonna give you the full map. One, because you can't handle the full map. Paul didn't need to know that every step of the way he was going to be in prison or beaten at every city he goes to. That would not have been beneficial for Paul. His appropriate next step was to follow me. He didn't know that he was going to be beaten in 
prison over here. We talked about last week with Jake from the city of uh, Philippi. He didn't know all that stuff. He gets in the middle of it, goes through it. He's singing hymns, praising God, and boom, the doors fling off and the shackles come off his hands because God intervened. God was doing big stuff in the middle of the trials, the tribulations, the hard times, but that was all because Paul was just being faithful with the very next step. And God was just giving him one city at a time, one step at a time, the next journey in the moment, he was just giving them piece by piece. Right, It's like a puzzle piece. I'm only getting one piece at a time and plugging them in. I'm not getting the whole shebang. And so for all of us, when we're thinking about your life with the Lord, it is your duty to just say, Lord, what is my next step today? I want to be faithful today to obey what you have for me. Paul was all in with surrendering his life to the Lord, but he was also all in with staying the course. Can I just tell y'all, I have so many friends. I don't don't want to bore you guys. I, I have so many friends that I know that have started the journey with Jesus And they have just taken a detour or they've chosen to take a pit stop on the way and they have parked it way off course from where God had planned for them. They are living in rebellion against God. They're not walking with the Lord. And it's all because they stopped surrendering their life to Jesus and they gave up on staying the course. I believe those people are still going to go to heaven. I believe that if they've been saved, they're forever saved. But here's what I believe. I believe they're missing out on the biggest blessings they could ever have in this life because they've chose to take their own route on the map rather than trusting the one who made the map, who built the trees on the map, who made the destinations on the map, the one who's in charge of the whole GPS. Instead of trusting him, they chose to trust in their own self. And I'm just telling you, they're missing out. And I'm begging you as a student, you're in middle school right now, You're about to head into high school in a few years or maybe next year, and then you're going to be in a few years from that in college. Stay the course, guys. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, don't get off. Don't veer to the left. Don't go to the right. Don't get caught speeding. Just go with the Lord side by side with him and trust that the plan that he has for you is better than anything you could ever map out yourself. Does that make sense? I have too many friends that I've seen that are just missing out on what God has for them because they've abandoned what the Lord has called them to in the first place. Last thing I got for you, and I'm almost done. This is the last one. Not only have you been called to submit to the Lord, to stay the course, but then finally, last thing is this. You've also been called to share the gospel. And y'all know that. I know y'all can already go and fill that blank in to share the gospel. But here's the deal. Paul is very clear. Paul is so very clear in this moment. He says, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus gave me or or to complete the ministry that the Lord Jesus gave me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. To testify means to bear witness, which goes all the way back to our very first night God has made me a witness so that I can be a blessing. There you go. You got it. Paul is in this moment now where he is now a witness for the gospel. And the question is, like all of you, did he do it? Did he really share the gospel? Did he really live for the Lord in a way where he was living on mission all the time? Paul says in Acts chapter 20, probably around verse 18 or 19, He says, remember my life 
leaders of Ephesus. Remember my life. He says, remember how I never stopped. What's the first thing he says in that one? Acts chapter 20, verse 18. Am I in the right spot? I'm so sorry, I forgot all my notes. I got it right here. Acts chapter 20, verse 18. He says, verse 18, yeah. When they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time while I was in Asia. He says, remember how I was serving the Lord. And he says three things. I was serving the Lord in humility. I was serving the Lord in tears in my eyes. I was passionate about it. Remember how I was serving the Lord by last thing. He says, through the trials and tribulations that the Gentiles and the Jews were throwing on me left and right. Acts chapter 20, verse 18, he says, remember how I was serving the Lord with humility, tears, and trials. And he says, but also don't forget how I was continually declaring to you boldly what was beneficial to you, what was profitable to you. And then finally, the last thing he says there, he says this, not only was I serving the Lord, not only was I declaring to you the truth boldly and beneficially, he says, last thing he says, I was also teaching you he says, I was teaching you both in public and in private. I was in your home, in your house, and I was sharing the gospel, and I was preaching to you guys. He said, I did that both publicly and privately. I did that to both Jews and to Greeks, and I taught the faith in Jesus and repentance from sin. That's what I was teaching you guys throughout all of my time in Ephesus. Don't you remember? He literally says, right after Acts chapter 20, verse 24, look at 25 and 26. He says right there, he says, this is why I can stand before all of you and say, I am innocent of the blood of man. My hands are clean because I've done everything I could to share the gospel with everyone I encountered. What kind of testimony is that? Who in here can tell me you know what? In my middle school days, I have shared the gospel with everybody at my school or in my middle school ministry or on my sports team or maybe even just in your house. You've shared the gospel with all your siblings or with your closest friends. I know I couldn't. There's no way. But Paul says very boldly, he says, I have done the best I could with sharing the gospel with everyone I encountered. And I'm asking all of you today, are you going to live on mission? Are you going to live in a way where you said, Lord, you've called me to be like Paul, to say, I'm going to count my life worth nothing to me. I'm not going to consider any valuable or precious. I'm not living for Corey O'Hara. I'm living for you, Lord. My only goal is that I would finish the course, to stay on course with you through all my middle school days, my high school days, my college days. I'm not going to pick these things up with my cross and follow you. I'm laying them down. Anytime you show me that I've got one in my pocket that's been there for years, I didn't know about it, empty my pockets. Let's go. I'm in, Lord. I'm following you. And ultimately, not only am I staying the course what you've called me to do, but I'm going to stay the course with sharing the gospel every opportunity I can. I missed an opportunity this week. I was at the mall at the Wolf Chase Galleria. I was sitting in the food court for a lunch one day, and I looked over, I'm not kidding, and I saw someone that was in a, uh, they, were just, they, were just, they were going through some hard stuff. And I looked over and I just knew the Lord was saying, you ought to go over there and talk to them, get their name and just share with them that Jesus loves them. And you know what I thought to myself? This is the one, I'll show it to you. This one, popularity. 
I said, that's going to look weird and goofy to the people that I'm having lunch with right now. <laughs> that's what I said. My friends are going to think I'm being goofy and lame for getting up and going over there. Not that they would even think that. That's a dumb thought to think. No one's going to think that for me for sharing the gospel, right? But I thought to myself, I'm not going to do that. That'd be weird to do that in the food court right now. And I walked away, and all week long, the Lord's been hitting me. I was calling you to just step out in faith and do that. That's a miss for me, man. That's a miss. The Lord's good. He's going to cover that with his grace, but I know this much. The Lord was inviting me on the roadmap to take the next turn right there, take an immediate right, Corey. And I just kept my hands on the steering wheel going straight. I just want all of us to be able to experience what the Lord has for us of sharing the gospel. When I was in college, I had a friend who was from Saudi Arabia. His family's totally Muslim. Has, they're, they're not just don't believe in Jesus. They, they are against Jesus. And I remember playing soccer with him. I don't want to tell you his name because he's in a hard spot right now that I don't, I, it's just, it's dangerous for, for that information to go to the wrong place. And so, but I was talking with him and he ended up giving his life to the Lord. I was sharing with him about who Jesus was and what he was doing. And he ended up surrendering to follow Jesus with his life. And now he's, he is like Paul. He lives in a country that I'm telling you, they want to persecute him for being a Christian. They want to put him in prison. His family won't talk to him anymore. And he told me this. When he got saved, he said, I don't care if it costs me my life. He says, I'm going to live for Jesus. He said, I don't care if my country kicks me out. I don't care if my family rejects me. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm following Jesus. And he's doing it. He's doing it, y'all. He loves the Lord. I want to be like the Pauls. I want to be like my friend. I want to be like you guys who are living, for, living on mission at school right here. I want to be like you guys doing that every single day alongside y'all. And I'm begging y'all as a middle school, middle school ministry, y'all can be a part of being different. Here's my, here's my challenge for you guys. We walk the Be a Blessing series. God has blessed you so that you can... God has made you a witness so that you can be a blessing. God has made you a member of the body of Christ so that you can be a blessing. God has made you a godly friend so that you can be a blessing. God has made you a rebel against the culture around you so that you can be a blessing. God has made you a joy in the midst of trials and tribulations so that you can be a and last but not least, this is our last night, man. God has made you a missionary to the world around you so that you can be a blessing. How many of y'all want to be a blessing this week? Yeah? Let me pray for y'all, and I want to invite up as I'm doing that. Come on up, Fernando and Mr. Ross. Come on up real quick. Lord, I thank you for all of our students in the room tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us such a cool text in Acts chapter 20 about how we can live on mission. And I'm asking you, Lord, if you would raise up in this room young men and women, 6th graders, 7th graders, and 8th graders who will say, man, I'm, I'm, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord's given, the task of being a witness, of testifying to the good news of the gospel. 
I pray, Lord, that you would raise up people in this room that would live like that, that this message would penetrate the hearts of all of us in this room, that I, even Corey, would not miss opportunities like I did this past week. Give me another opportunity to redeem that, Lord. Give me one tomorrow where I can share the gospel. I want to live on mission. Please, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord, that for all of us, you would help us, empower us, and equip us to be a blessing this week to the people in our schools, to people with our friends, to the people in our sports teams, to our family even. Just give us opportunities to be a blessing, whether it be a stranger or someone we've known our whole life. Give us the opportunities, and may we take advantage of it with being a true blessing to them by meeting physical needs, by sharing about their spiritual needs, and by showing them the love of Christ, which you have shown us already. Raise up in this room people that will say, you know what, these things that I've been carrying around with me that are in my, my bowl, Lord, help me to just empty my pockets and surrender it to you and live on mission. Lord, we, may we be a different group of middle school students because we are sold out. We're all in. Surrender to you, Jesus. We're ready to stay the course. We're not turning to the left or the right. We're following our Lord. And we're willing to stand up and boldly share Jesus at the opportunities that are presented in front of us. I pray, Lord, that when we read about Paul, it wouldn't be something that we just read about in the Bible, but something we get to experience here in Memphis, Tennessee. We pray, Lord, Praise in your name. Amen. I want y'all to bring up real quick. Y'all welcome Mr. Ross and as well Fernando. Y'all got both the mics? Perfect. All right, so listen, we've talked about being a missionary tonight, and uh, my question for y'all is there's a piece of paper on the back of their notes. Y'all can grab that, turn around. What is that, and what does that mean for them? All right, students. So, you know, Corey just talked about how in his last point, you know, we can share the gospel and we can be a blessing by sharing the gospel. So the good thing is, is that we don't have to do this alone. Our entire church goes out and shares the gospel with our neighbors and with our city. And right here, what you have are all the opportunities that are coming up over the next few weeks where you and your family and your friends can go and share the gospel. So um, we've got our next, do you want me to walk through? The yeah, come on. Yeah. Sweet. So, on the very first list that we have here, we've got Jesus Loves Memphis. Cool. Can you say Jesus Loves Memphis? Jesus Loves Memphis. That's right. We need to tell people that Jesus loves Memphis, that Jesus loves them. So on October 27th and on October 28th, you guys can join with the, the middle school team to reach the students at Dexter K-8. through all right, so on that Friday, there's going to be, we're going to have all these students here, and we need some of you guys to come and hang out with some of these students, to play some basketball and everything, and to be able to share the gospel with students on our campus. Cool. And guess what? You get to invite them the next day to a little project that's going to be at the school where you're just going to be hanging out. So cool. Jake and Corey and Morgan, they're going to be able to tell you more about that project in the coming weeks, but make sure to tell your parents that. If you got plans, cancel them. <laughs> Go to Jesus Loves Memphis because you, you need to share the gospel with people, okay? There's another one that I want you to, to look at. There is a Christmas store, okay? So everybody loves Christmas time. Yeah. Everybody, well, guess what? Families all across our city, they, they kind of get stressed out at Christmas time, you know, because they're like, all right, I've got to find the right toy for my kids. Are we going to have the, the right amount of money for the holidays? Mm -hmm. You know, holidays are expensive. So what we do is we help 
collect gifts so that we can give them to families that are in need. And we use that opportunity to share the gospel. When we think about missions, what we try to do is we find access points, like doors, into somebody's life. And that's what we use to reach them with the gospel. Mm. So all of these opportunities are ways that you and your family can be involved with. But it doesn't just have to be here locally. You can, you can go with your family on a trip, maybe to another part of the U.S. or another part to the country or the world. So, Fernando, you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. So at the bottom of your list, you'll see national mission trips and international mission trips. And like Ross said, students, all of y'all can go with your family. All of you can go and be a part of sharing the gospel and be a blessing to other people. Um, encourage your family. Say, like, hey, what is it like to go on a mission trip? What if we, as a family, went on a mission trip? And with that, I'll point you out to November 5th, which is, I think, the third one on the list, Missions Weekend. That's cool. There, we'll release all our mission trips for the upcoming year, and you and your family can decide which one is the best fit for you, which one you think would suit you best. And you guys can be a part of not just sharing Jesus here in Memphis, but going up out to other parts of the U.S. and even going overseas um, to other countries to share Jesus. So when you go home with your family tonight, I challenge you students to ask your, your parents or your grandparents or your family, hey, why don't we go on a mission trip? Why don't we go and share Jesus with somebody outside of our comfort zone? Yeah. They need to hear about the gospel. And maybe you could be the one that the Lord uses in your family to maybe go yeah. overseas for the first time or go to another part of the country where they've never heard about Jesus before. They've never had anybody tell them about who Jesus is. So on November 5th, say November 5th. November 5th. That's when all of our trips drop. You know, it's like a big drop weekend. That's what we're doing here with our mission trips where you can go and let your parents know, hey, for next year, for 2024, because everybody plans their vacations early, like you can find out where we're going on mission as Bellevue. So you got this little QR code at the top. Um, you can give this to your parents. You can scan it. And you can get that, fill out that form uh, on there and let us know what you're interested in. Let us know what your family's interested in. And we want to help you be a blessing in our city, in our nation, and around the world. And we want to be able to help you guys do that. And you That's get to cool. do it with your friends. You get to do it together with your church. That's great.